Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Blank Report. I am your host, Ryan Blank, and today I'm going to start off my new segment, which is called KC Sports Report, where I'm going to break down the latest news and developments in Kansas City sports. But before I get into that, since it is opening day of baseball, I want to get into my thoughts on the MLB and how this entire offseason and COVID situation handling has been. And I'm going to keep it short, but I'm going to say that this is going to hurt the future of the MLB because they had a chance to revive the game by being the first sport to come back and to be a role model for sports who are trying to come back and play during the pandemic, and they failed. Both sides were too stubborn, and they failed. And it's just evident. If you want to see more of my thoughts, go follow me on Twitter at rmblink4. You will see my predictions for all the awards, division winners, playoffs teams, and World Series winners. You will see my thoughts on the new playoff system, which is an expanded playoffs where now each league will now have eight playoff teams making the total 16, jumping from 10, which is the usual and traditional format. But since we have a new season with 60 games, this is your chance to try out some new things. So do an expanded playoffs. I'm good with it. The one thing I don't like about it is that you get to pick your opponents. Is what I've seen the reports say, and I don't like that at all. So this is a perfect year to actually try an expanded playoffs. The other thing that I really like is a universal DH. I think it's something that has been needed for years, and I don't think it's because of the unfair advantage of me being a Royals fan and going to a National League ballpark. I think it's more both ways how pitchers, a lot of teams think it's an easy out. So this now brings more competition and more strategy, knowing that it's now a universal DH. I really like it. But now let's get into Kansas City Sports. We're going to start off with baseball as the Royals do start tomorrow as they take on the Cleveland Indians in Cleveland. And the Royals have had a tough go, especially with the COVID-19 pandemic, as eight players have tested positive with currently Cam Gallagher, who is a catcher, outfielder Hunter Dozier, and starting pitchers Brad Keller and Jacob Judas are on the injured list because of COVID-19 related issues. So they are off the 30-man roster that was announced today for opening day. And that hurts the Royals at the start of the season as this is a season where right away you have to be ready to go and have to be healthy and have to get that stretch right away because if you fall back behind very early, it's hard to come back because you cannot let big losses and big stretches of losses and losing streaks hinder your way early because there's not a lot of games to make those up as there usually are in a regular 162 game season. So with that, the Royals did announce their 30-man roster for this season, and I'm going to start by naming those guys off. And I'm going to start off with the pitchers. They named 16 pitchers to the staff, and those 16 guys are Danny Duffy, Mike Montgomery, Jorge Lopez, Glenn Sparkman, Ian Kennedy, Scarp Barlow, Trevor Rosenthal, Greg Holland, Josh Stalmont, Kyle Zimmer, Tyler Zuber, Kevin McCarthy, Gabe Spire, Foster Griffin, Ronald Bolaños, and Richard Lovelady. So the main thing that I want to take away from this pitching staff is that the Royals have rookie Brady Singer slated to start Saturday's game in Cleveland, which is the second game of the season, and he is a rookie. But 
he is not on the 30-man roster. According to Jeffrey Flanagan of MLB, who is the Royals reporter, he says that he has a source that the Royals will activate and call up Brady Singer after tomorrow's opening day game for him to pitch Saturday in his rookie debut as he is the Royals' number two prospect in the farm system. Now, more with the pitching staff, it's going to be a little bit weird and a little bit rough to start out as two of the top starters in Jacob Junis and Brad Keller are out due to COVID-19 issues and situations. So they're out, but you still have Danny Duffy and Mike Montgomery who are going to be the two leaders of the rotation while Keller and Junis are out. I really like the bullpen that has a ton of potential when you look at Josh Dalmont, Scott Barlow, Gabe Spire, Foster Griffin, Ronald Bolaños, who the Royals just traded for after they trade Tim Hill to the Padres, which I did not mention, but the Royals did trade Tim Hill, who was a key part of the bullpen, to the Padres for Ronald Bolaños and outfielder Franchi Cordero, who also made the 30-man roster, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. We will get to that, but this pitching staff looks it looks solid under the circumstances with all of the injuries and COVID-19 situations. And I forgot to mention one player who's also out on the injured list due to COVID-19 in his first baseman, Ryan O'Hearn. So the Royals have a lot of guys who are out due to COVID-19 and also have, they also have young pitchers, Randy Rosario and Chance Adams on the IL due to injuries, not COVID related situations. So that offered up uh, positions and roles for players like Bolaños and Richard Lovelady early on in this season. So those are the pitchers for the Royals. Now, moving on to the outfielders. The outfielders are Alex Gordon, Whit Merrifield, Bubba Starling, Brett Phillips, Jorge Soler, and Franchi Cordero. So to start off, Franchi Cordero is the outfielder that the Royals acquired from the Padres in the Tim Hill trade. He is a guy that brings... A lot of power. Kind of reminds me of Jorge Soler a little bit. Can hit the ball very well, but is a better fielder. Even though that doesn't really take much because Soler does struggle in the field a little bit. But he is a guy that reminds me of Soler a little bit. Alex Gordon, in my opinion, the best defensive left fielder in the game, is going to be in left field as he has won seven gold gloves since his transition to outfield in 2010. Whit Merrifield, the world's superstar, Utility man is going to man center field, and he's going to be another key piece of the team after he led the league in hits last year with 206. Bubba Starling and Brett Phillips and Cordero are going to fight for that starting position at right field on the opening day lineup with Hunter Dozier, who's going to be the right fielder when he's healthy, but he is out due to COVID, so those three will be fighting for it. In my opinion, I think it's either going to be Starling or Cordero. I would bet on Cordero because they want to give him a real shot after trading for him. But you see, you have Bubba Starling who was drafted and has just hasn't been much. And he got his chance last year and struggled. But during summer camp, he has been on fire. He has hit three home runs. His bat has come alive and that shows a lot of promise as that has been the main question with him as his speed and defense have been terrific and have never been a worry. It has really been the bat, and it looks like it is clicking and it is ready to go to be a big piece of the Royals this season. So the one name I did leave out 
that I have not talked about yet is Jorge Soler. Jorge Soler is going to man the DH position all year. That's where he shined last year, leading the American League in home runs with 48. So you see him manning the DH all year with the Universal DH. Royals did leave off Nick Heath, who is a speedster and one of their top prospects in the outfield. But it looks like he could get a chance if more injuries come up. But you never know. The main reason for Brett Phillips to make the roster over Nick Heath is because he is out of options to the minor leagues, which means the Royals would have to send him through waivers, and meaning that they could easily lose him throughout and have him leave to a different team. So he and Sterling, who's also out of options, were basically locks to make the 30-man roster because they're both out of options. Now you're going to move on to the infielders. The Royals only have four infielders, as of right now, along with a utility man. They have Michael Franco, Alberto Mondesi, Nicky Lopez, and Ryan McBroom, who are going to be the starters on the infield. Franco, who the Royals signed over this offseason to a one-year deal, will man third base. Mondesi will return to shortstop. Nicky Lopez will take over at second base, as he did last season, and Ryan McBroom will be the first baseman, while O'Hearn is out with COVID, and then we will have a battle between those two for the starting first baseman position. Whit Merrifield, who I said earlier is a super utility man, he could easily be a guy that they slot in on different days into second base or third base, but they also gave Eric Mejia, who is another utility man who is a switch hitter. He is also on the 30-man roster. He played a lot of second base during summer camp, so he could be a guy that slots in around the infield as well. The biggest name that was left off is a Royals top prospect in Bobby Witt Jr. Bobby Witt Jr. showed a lot during summer camp, and I was actually thinking he would make the roster with what he had shown, especially against Houston when he got on base four times and had an RBI double. I expected him to be on the roster to get his chance to get some MLB reps, but the Royals decided to option him and not keep him on the 30-man roster as he has only had high A-ball experience and they want to get him that extra development and experience before he can come up maybe as soon as next year. You never know what the Royals are going to do there. But we are going to move on to the final position on the Royals 30-man roster. It is going to be catchers, and those are Salvador Perez, Mybris Valoria, and Oscar Hernandez. Those are the three catchers. I actually had predicted only two catchers to make the roster, and that was Valoria and Perez, not Hernandez, but they but they took on Hernandez's contract and brought him up with the thin core at catcher with Cam Gallagher, who's usually the backup catcher on the IL due to COVID. So those are the catchers. Salvador Perez is back, and he is coming off of Tommy John surgery, and it is exciting to see Salvi back. He brings such smile, passion, and intensity to the Royals locker room and is one of the league's best catchers. But when you look at Brady Singer, who is looking to be activated tomorrow before a start on Saturday, you could see someone like Hernandez be optioned down to make room for Singer in that situation. Or they could bring him up in replace of one of the 16 pitchers that are already in and on the lineup and on the roster. So here are my thoughts on the overall roster. I think that of course, there are those locks that you expect. I think the surprises for me were really seeing Ronald Bolaños be called up and get his chance. But with the injuries to Chance Adams 
and Randy Rosario. It makes sense to me. I think another one is that Bobby Witt was left off because I think that he could have seen and benefited from some MLB experience. But he could always be called up, called up if the Royals struggle and fall apart early on in the season. So that's definitely something to look out for. The main issue with my, with me on the roster is got to be at that catcher position. I think that Valoria, who had experience last year when you saw Salvi, who didn't play, I'm worried about Hernandez. I don't know why they called him up unless they just wanted to purchase that contract. But I think he's going to be the guy that they optioned down to make room for Singer so he can start on Saturday. But the roster, I expected a lot of these guys to make it. A guy that I don't remember predicting to be on it was Foster Griffin, but I'm glad that he made it. I think he is a guy who could be a key piece for the future and a good piece in the bullpen this year. So the Royals start off tomorrow night, and they play the Cleveland Indians in Cleveland. It is going to be the start to a shortened 60-game season where the Royals might have a chance to make the playoffs with the expanded playoffs of 10 to 16 teams, so 5 to 8 in the American League, and the shorter season. You never know. But if you want to see my playoff predictions and my award predictions for the MLB in the 2020 season, go follow me on Twitter at rmblink4, and you will get all my details on the season and my feelings on this upcoming season. But now we are going to move on to the Kansas City Chiefs, who have done a lot of things recently to keep their Super Bowl roster intact. And the first one is Patrick Mahomes' mega deal. He got $503 million and over a 12-year extension, well, 12-year commitment on a 10-year extension. So I want to break this down for everyone. This is a terrific deal. Mahomes is locked up in Kansas City, and I'm excited I know the history of 10-year contracts with quarterbacks is not very bright and very good or decent at all, really. But Mahomes is the best quarterback in this league. And at the end of this contract, he's only going to be 36 because it's a 10-year extension. But the Chiefs kept those two years remaining on his rookie deal. So the contract extension will start after these two years. And I think that this leaves flexibility on the cap to sign other stars with the Royals. I know the number 503 says otherwise, but the Royals made it to where they have Mahomes taking a lot of his money in roster bonuses. And the reason that this is a good thing is that the Royals can transition this to signing bonuses to shed the cap, meaning that they will have a ways to mess with the cap to keep guys on their team like Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Mitchell Schwartz, Tyron Matthew, Eric Fisher, who are all guys up in the next couple years. So that's good news there. But that was not the only contract extension they gave out. They signed Chris Jones to a four-year extension after he was given the franchise tag in March. I'm so happy to have Chris Jones back. He is the best piece on that Chiefs front defensive line. Right with Frank Clark, those guys run Sack Nation and run the front seven. But Chris Jones is also the second best interior pass rusher in the entire league, right behind Aaron Donald, who is in a league of his own. Chris Jones, over his career, has 33 sacks over four seasons. He is a huge part of that defense, 
And he also has a lot of his money coming in roster bonuses, which can be converted to signing bonuses to cut his cap. So there's that as well to sign other pieces. But just to emphasize how big of a deal this is, Chris Jones, 33 sacks. Without him, the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl as in that fourth quarter. He had three pass deflections by himself. He is a key piece to the defense, and he loves Kansas City, and and it is extremely exciting to have him here for the next four years. I'm very excited. But I want to go back to Mahomes. Look at Patrick Mahomes. MVP, Super Bowl MVP, throwing 50 touchdowns in a season. He has the most touchdowns in 32 games of his career, tied with Dan Marino in NFL history with 76. Mahomes has only played 31 games, so he can still beat that record. So this is something to easily watch out for. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL and is going to be a huge piece and the really the franchise piece for the Chiefs that they build around for years to come. Mahomes is looking to win more rings. He is chasing Brady. He wants to get at least six. He has said that. And with the talent and caliber of players on the Chiefs right now, they could easily get there. But I want to give a ton of credit to Brett Veach, the general manager of the Chiefs, for what he has done. Look at what he has done this offseason. He restructured Sammy Watkins to keep him here for another year. You have the Chiefs signing and drafting Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the running back out of LSU in the first round, solidifying that position for years to come. Signing Mahomes to a mega deal, signing Chris Jones to an extension, and you're returning 20 of 22 starters on that team that were in the Super Bowl. It is electric to see what Brett Veach has done, and they still have money in the future to keep key pieces as, like I said, with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and those guys. So the Chiefs have done an incredible job. Brett Veach has proved that he is one of the best executives in the entire NFL by what he has done, and the Chiefs are set up and have the ability to be a dynasty like the Patriots were. Only time will tell with how they play over these next few seasons, but they have the potential to get to that point with the star power and great head coach in Andy Reid. And I don't know what else to say besides the Chiefs are Super Bowl contenders as long as Patrick Mahomes is at quarterback and has those key pieces along with him. The Chiefs are arguably Super Bowl favorites, and they will be in contention until Mahomes retires which he probably won't because he'll only be 36, so he could take another contract extension after these 12 years. So after his career, the Chiefs made it key that they want to have Patrick Mahomes here his entire career, and it looks like they are going to get that, and Mahomes is going to be a key piece, and he is going to be the charge that leads the Chiefs to multiple Super Bowl contentions and hopefully multiple Super Bowl rings as no Chiefs fan, including myself, ever wants to go back through another 50 years, even though I'm only 19, another 19 years for me at least, of not winning a Super Bowl. So I'm very excited with all this. This is a great time to be a Chiefs fan and a sports fan. As sports are coming back, you have the NBA coming back as well in the next couple days. This is a great time as sports have been Filled with uncertainty with the whole COVID-19 pandemic. But it is incredible to have sports coming back. As a sports journalist, 
I'm excited to have it back, and it is something that I just can't wait to see and enjoy the rest of my summer and throughout my school year at Arizona State. I am so excited. But the Chiefs, I've summed it all up. The Chiefs are in a great spot, and they are really set to be one of the top teams in the league for years to come. For the Royals, this season is going to be like any other, and I'm excited for that aspect with Universal DH, expanded playoffs. You never know what this Royals team can do. They could easily be built for a stint like this of 60 games and somehow make their way into the playoffs when you have guys like Mondesi, Whit Merrifield, Salvador Perez, Hunter Dozier for when he comes back. You have some great pieces there, and I expect a lot out of the Royals this year in terms of really showing their potential and that the future is bright in Kansas City baseball. I am so excited. That is going to conclude this episode of The Blank Report and the first edition of the KC Sports Report. I will be coming out with these weekly or bi-weekly with how the Royals are playing and any news with the Kansas City Chiefs. So... Thank you very much for listening to The Blank Report, and thank you very much for listening to the KC Sports Report. I appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day.